to focus today on hearing the voice of God. John chapter 10, verse 27 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. They say you can always hear your name in a crowded room. right? You may not be listening to anything, but someone calls your name, and suddenly your brain uh, processes it, and you go, someone called me. You know, we need to be able to hear when God is speaking to us. We have the example in, in Samuel of the call of Samuel. And he didn't know, he wasn't familiar with the voice of God. He thought it was Eli that was calling him. So when he heard the voice, he ran to Eli and, and said, did you call me? He said, no. He went back to sleep. He heard the voice again. He says, you did call me. He says, no. The third time Eli said, you know what? Maybe God is speaking to you. And he said, tell him to say, speak, Lord, thy servant heareth. I think God is speaking to us many times and we're not really aware of it. We're not listening, you know, and he has to almost shout through circumstance to get our attention. But Jesus said that his sheep would hear his voice. And I know them. Those of you who are mothers, could you always recognize your babies when they cried? They had a distinctive cry. Sister Brownie. Amen. For those who can't hear what you're saying, she was saying that uh, women, a lot of women, pregnant women or nursing women, do develop a, a response. As soon as they hear the baby cry, they can feel the milk coming down. Now, aren't you glad you're not a, a woman, Sister, Brother Joe? Amen. Boy, I'm so glad. That's not an experience. <laughs> That's not an experience. That I've had, but um, that's how God designed it. That's how God designed it. Amen. Amen. In, a, in the same way, we should be sensitive to God's voice. And the, the, the scriptures, and I'll be teaching on this on Tuesday, there is so much deception uh, about to break loose upon this earth. As I was teaching before, I was looking at uh, this program, which um, I think it's called Resemble Me or something like that. And what you can do, it will record your voice, and then it will it can say anything you want to say. You type in something, and it will it will say it in your voice. Uh, so you can understand how much deception that can do, because someone could call on the phone and you think it's someone you know, and it's not. There's going to be widespread deception on a scale that we haven't seen because that is really now the only weapon that Satan has is to question God's word. Hath God said? The first thing he said to the woman was, hath God said, right? To question God's word. And that's what he's always doing. He's questioning God's word when we feel depressed. That's what's happening because our flesh is feeling, well, why is this happening to me? So we have to be very sensitive and absolute, uh, have our faith on the rock so that we're not swayed by circumstances because there are going to be some things that are going to come up about. Now, the early church, the early church went through some great persecution. Did you know that? They were thrown in prison. They were they were they were arrested in Rome. They were crucified. Some of them. They were they were 
fed to, to wild beasts. So don't think that we're not going to get some of that. In Revelation, it said, um, he saw the souls under the altar who had been beheaded for the testimony of Jesus Christ. And they were, they were crying out, how long, O Lord, righteous and true, before you, you, you uh, avenge our blood? And he said, white robes are given to them. And they were told they were to do what? Wait a little while till they were joined by their fellow servants. So there is going to be a testing. And only those who are really grounded and believe this thing and are as rooted and grounded and, and really understand what's going on and, and believe this thing are going to be able to get through some of the things. You have to know his voice because there's going to be all kinds of voices telling you all kinds of things. Um, John 8.47 says, He that is of God heareth God's words. Jesus was talking to the Pharisees and they were criticizing him. And he said, listen, if you were of God, you would, you would understand what I'm saying. You would hear it. You would understand. You are not of God. Let me put it in another translation. It says, whoever is of God and belongs to him, hears, and this is the amplified version, the truth of God's words. You know, when you hear truth, if you've got the Holy Spirit, something witnesses to you, yes, this is true. I said some time ago, I don't understand um, Christians who don't know what is true who are easily swayed and, 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 and uh, deceived because they should be listening to the Spirit because the Spirit, if they will ask, if they say, Lord, is this true, will, is supposed to tell us. It's supposed to guide us. In fact, it's called the Spirit of Truth. And if you're listening, He will lead you into all truth because there's going to be many, many voices. Jesus made this declaration in John 8, uh, 47. Whoever is of God... And belongs to him. Hears the truth of God's words. For this reason. He's speaking to the Pharisees. You don't hear them. Because you are not of God. And you are not in fellowship with him. Isn't that. That's a a pretty strong statement. (laughs) That's a pretty strong statement. When we're in fellowship with God. We're going to hear his. His voice. Um, The last song. That I wrote was in 2005. I used to, that was my thing. I used to be into music and I used to write songs all the time, all the time, all the time. But the last song I wrote was 2005 and that's when really I had the call to really, you know, put that aside and, and go into the ministry. And the song was actually, at the time I didn't realize it because it, it, it was kind of not connected it. It's only in hindsight I see the song was really God speaking to me. And it was about hearing his word. I heard his voice. In fact, um, it's, the, it's, the, it's the song that we play on Tuesday nights that you hear before the Bible. That was the last song that I wrote. And it's all about hearing God's voice. He that is of God heareth God's voice. This is a test. This is a test. This is a test. He says, he that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not because ye are not of God. You know, it's like, it's like to some people, the Bible is gibberish. It's like blah, 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 blah. It's, it makes no sense to them. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like it cannot connect. And the Bible says that if this gospel is hid... It is hid to them that are lost who the 
God of this world has what? Blinded. So that the glorious light of this gospel can't shine. Still, it is our command to shine the light. To try and penetrate the darkness of this world. So, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them. And they follow me. And they follow me. This is key too. It's not just hearing. Bible said rather be doers of the word. Not just hearers. Because if you're just listening and you don't put it into effect, it doesn't do any good. Amen. So we're on the, the brink of some great things being fulfilled. And they're happening on such a rate. The Bible study I taught four weeks ago on that chat GPT is already out of date. <laughs> out of date. At that time, I said that it wasn't fully connected to the internet. Well, this week, they went ahead and did that for some users. So now it's fully connected to the internet. And in fact, more than that, they, they came out with a, a newer version that they haven't released to everybody yet. And that one can now, now handle pictures and images. So, for example, they said you could hold up your phone to your fridge, open your fridge, and it will see what's in your fridge. And then you can ask it to come up and tell you what would be the best menu you could cook. Because it can see and detect what's in your fridge, identify it, and know what it is, and then suggest what you could cook for that day. Um, Something I was listening to this week said that the next stage is what they call embodying. Embodying. Right now it's just a program, right? It doesn't have hands and feet and arms and legs. But when they connect that kind of control with a machine that does have hands, arms, and legs, which they've been developing separately, separately, that will be when it becomes embodied. Interesting. So there, the Bible says that the mystery of iniquity doth already work, but he that withholds will withhold till he be what? Taken out of the way. We're on, it's, it's time, if you weren't before, to get serious. I've got a question here. If Satan wanted to destroy your spiritual life, how would he do so? What would knock you out of church? Well, all right, how would he try then? How would he try to... Huh? it's, It's relationships, right? Who can hurt you? The man on the street you don't know probably can't hurt you unless he physically hurts you. But to, to emotionally hurt you, it's got to be someone who's got some kind of tie to you. Right? And, and, and what is the channel of that hurt? Usually, it's what they say. Words. One word can change your whole day. And mood. Right? Just one word. I've seen it happen to me. Where, where I hear one word and man that just kind of takes away my joy or wants to take away my I, I have to fight that to not, you know, someone can, you know, call you or text you or say just one or two words and that's all it takes. Right? To think about that, how powerful that is when we let Satan use words to control how we feel. 
So it's, it's, it's for us to recognize, Paul says, we, we were not unaware of his devices. We weren't taken by surprise from Satan's devices because he's got some devices. And most of his devices is through words. He will be questioning what God has told us, what we are to believe, what we are to base our faith on. In other words, the same thing that is in the garden, he's going to be questioning. Hath God said that he loves you? Look at what's happening to you. Look at how depressed you are. Look at all the trials and tribulations you're going through. His main weapon, or one of his main weapons, is first tribulation, sickness, financial, family relationships. And and we see an example of that in Job, right? And what does that produce? I put it up there. Stress. Stress, we can't sleep. We go to bed and we still can't sleep. We wake up early, right? And how does that happen? It's through any of these channels. Sickness, financial, family, relationships, our job. All these things are channels that he can use to put a word of deception. That this is it. This is terrible. And that's his main weapon. Acts 14, 22. You see, we should not be surprised because here in Acts, here's what Paul or the writer here, Luke said, confirming the souls of disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith and that we must, through much tribulation, enter the kingdom of God. If you haven't had any tribulation, I would kind of wonder about you. (laughs) If you're having it that easy, I'd wonder about you because the scripture tells us it's through much tribulation that we will enter the kingdom. The Bible said the servant is not greater than the master. If Jesus suffered, you bet we're going to suffer. In fact, he says everyone that wants to come and follow me must first deny himself and take up his cross. So there is going to be a cross. There is going to be tribute through much tribulation. Now Satan uses that tribulation as evidence to depress us and to tell us you're in the wrong. That's what he did with Job, right? First Peter 4.12 Beloved, think it not strange. I think this is a scripture we need to post in our fridge. <laughs> think it not strange concerning the fiery. Fiery. That means it's hot. It hurts. Trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. And yet, as Christians, we do our flesh. The first thing Satan whispers to us is, Look what happened to you. Look, you, you had a flat, right? <laughs> you, you, you lost your job or you got a bad review even though you did your best or you got uh, no pay raise even though you worked so hard. Uh, Satan is saying, hmm, look at that. Maybe God's not listening to your prayer. He will use those words or thoughts to get into our spirit and Take away our joy. Try and destroy our faith. That's what his job is. This is part of the mystery right now because we're going to be under pressure. We're going to be under a pressure. Now, anyone here not under pressure? Anyone just living the easy life? (laughs) Anyone not got a care in the world? (laughs) Those days were when I was a baby. (laughs) When, when, When I didn't know about bills or gas, or mortgage, or any of those things. My parents took care of it. But you know what God said to cast 
our cares upon him. If we could possibly become as a little child and just trust that he's got this. As I have asked you guys before, the first two years of your life, what did you have to do with how you lived? You, you, you planned everything. You decided what meals you're going to have, how you're going to dress. Did, did, you, did you organize all of that? And yet, somehow, here you are today, still alive. Wow. <laughs> you know what happened? Your parents, somebody, somebody got you through those two years. God wants us, our mindset to be just like that. To cast all of those things and not worry. Now, it's very hard because our flesh is so grounded in what we can see, taste, touch, and feel. You open the, the envelopes, of course, you know, some of us, we look at the, the envelope and we know what's inside it right away. <laughs> we don't even have to open it. The only thing we don't know is how big is it. <laughs> but we know what's inside of it. We don't even want to open it, you know. So the devil will use our senses to lie to us. Deception. The Bible says he is a liar. When you feel depressed, when you feel alone, it's because the devil is telling you you're a liar. And you must not listen to his words. The words you've got to refresh is, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Understand that even Jesus in his humanity on the cross felt in his flesh that way. That's why he was in all points tempted such as we are yet without sin. He had to be brought to the place where even in his humanity he said, why hast thou forsaken? Anyone ever felt that way? Where you think, man, this can't get any worse. And then it does. (laughs) Then it does. But you know, in all of the troubles, in all the crises I've been to, I have learned. Paul says, I have learned. This is something you have to learn. The only way to learn is to go through it. When you come out of the fire, then you know God can save in the fire. When you've been delivered from the water, then you know God can save you from the water. Right? When you've killed the lion and you killed the bear, then as David said, you uncircumcised Philistine, you ain't going nowhere. (laughs) Right? Because you have learned. We are going to have to have our faith strengthened in these days because we have already been warned by God that there is going to be tribulation. In this life, there will be tribulation. But he says, don't worry. Be of what? Good cheer. I have overcome. It's only for a season. It's only for a season. We're all going to go through some seasons. While we're on this planet Earth, we're going to go through some seasons. We're going to experience crises, tribulations, and, and stress. And it's in that that Satan comes and lies to us. Hath God said. And what you got to say is absolutely. Absolutely. That's why I tell you guys sometimes to say I'm blessed and highly favored. You got to say that. I'm blessed and highly favored. I'm God's favorite. I'm the disciple who Jesus loved. That was John's strength because he believed he was the disciple and he said it so much that the other disciples started to believe it. (laughs) They started to believe it. The truth is Jesus loved them all, but John was the only one who believed it as much. 
And because he believed it, he acted upon it. He was always around Jesus. He was the one that was at the foot of the cross. He trusted that God was going to protect him. I'm the disciple that Jesus loved. I mean, it's not being big-headed to think that you're God's favorite. When you can get to that place, because this is the kind of faith you're going to need. When you are in a crisis, when you are in a stressful situation, when you are sick, when you are struggling with failure, what voice do you hear? What voice are you listening to? Because that's when you need the voice, the right voice to say, you're still my child. I love you. You're going to get through this. Just keep following me. Yea, though I walk through the valley, the shadow of death. I will fear no evil, for thy rod and thy staff do comfort me. David knew that we are going to be walking in some valleys. We're going to be in some places where it looks dangerous. He said, my foot almost slipped when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. Satan will say, hey, look at this bright and shiny thing over here. If you just went this way, look at how easy life could be for you. If you just shaded this part of the truth a little bit, you'd get out of so much trouble. Take the easy road. See, what voice do we hear? Because the only way Satan's going to get you now is through deception and words that get into your spirit and make you start to doubt. Jesus said to Peter, I pray that you're what? He didn't say, I'm praying that Satan don't bother you. (laughs) Did you notice that? I could not understand that verse for so many years. Jesus, why didn't he just tell Satan, leave him alone? He'd have had to obey you. But instead he says, all I pray is that your faith not fail. That's the key, brethren. We're going to have to make sure our faith is strong. Strong. Paul said in, I think it's Acts 20, he says, nothing moves me. They were telling him all this stuff. Listen, don't go to Jerusalem. They're going to arrest you. All kinds of bad stuff is going to happen. He says, nothing moves me. Nothing moves me. Why? I'm listening to the right voice. I'm listening to the right voice. When you're listening to the right voice, nothing will move you. You have to have a made up mind. So what voice are you listening to? Now, all of us right now are going through some things. I don't know about you. I got things I don't want to deal with. <laughs> I talked about the empty box, right? That us men go into. When, when men don't have an answer, they don't want to talk about it because they don't know what to say. Women, on the other hand, want to blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and what if we do this? Blah, 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 blah. And, and, and they, don't, they don't have an answer either, but they just want to talk about it. Just want to talk. My wife isn't like that. <laughs> but us men... When we don't know what the answer is and we don't have a solution, we just want to be quiet. (laughs) But after many years, you know, uh, of living with me, my wife recognized, and she'll even say, you're in your empty box. And I'll say, yeah. (laughs) Because I don't want to talk about it. I'm human. (laughs) See, but we have to listen, even if we don't want to talk. We have to learn to listen to God's voice. What voice are you hearing? All of us right now are going through some things. I'm asking you, 
Think, who are you, what are you listening? Are you listening to the scripture that says, I will never leave you nor forsake you? If you really were, you wouldn't be down too long. You wouldn't be down too long. You'll say, I'm going to get through this. Somehow I'm going to get through this. I'm going to trust you, God. You're going to make a way when I can't see a way. I believe you, Lord, that you're going to do it. As I said, the first two or three years, you weren't even conscious. You weren't even conscious. How far back can you remember? Probably you were two or three when you earliest. You, none of us really can remember when we were eight months old, can we? No, because, but someone fed you. Someone put some milk in your mouth. Someone changed you. Someone washed you. Someone clothed you. And you had nothing to do with it. Nothing to do with it. What voice do you hear? Let me read 2 Corinthians 1.8. It says, for we would not, brethren, this is Paul. This is the great apostle Paul showing you that everybody going to go through some things. We would not have you ignorant of our trouble. Just because he was the apostle, just because he had raised the dead. Jesus didn't tell Peter, I'm going to tell Satan, leave you alone. He didn't tell Paul, I'm going to tell Satan, leave you alone. And he's not telling us, he's going to tell Satan, leave you alone. What he's going to tell us is that my grace is sufficient. My power is made perfect in our weakness. The reason is so that we can come to him for help. For we would not, brethren, have you ignorant. Paul was confessing to the Corinthian church here of our trouble which came to us in Asia and that we were pressed out of measure, above strength. Meaning he, he couldn't handle it. Even Paul couldn't handle it. He said, inasmuch that we, we just really wanted to die. <laughs> we just said, Lord, this is too much. Elijah the prophet went and sat under the juniper tree and he said, okay, Lord. What's that old comedian Red Fox? You'd go, my heart, my heart. <laughs> he was always going to die, right? <laughs> he would, I remember that. My heart, my heart. <laughs> Elijah just went and sat under the juniper tree and he said, he said I'm going to die now, Lord. <laughs> I tell you, there's times when I feel that way. Not exactly die, but I said, Lord, please just take this away from me. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to deal with it, right? Paul here says, you, we, I don't want you to be ignorant to think that just because I'm an apostle, I don't have trouble. That we were pressed out of measure, above strength, in us, in so much that we despaired even of life. So when you're in that situation, what are you going to do? How are you going to get out of that situation? What is the voice that you need to hear? You've got to first be hearing, believing, and then trusting. How, did, how does Paul deal with the situation? Well, he goes on in the same thing in, uh, in Corinthians 12 to say, and I said, uh, he said unto me, first of all, when it, the word says, and he said unto me, what does that mean? God spoke to him, and he listened. This is how you get out of it. God has got to speak to you, just as he did to Peter. He said, Peter... I pray that your faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen the brethren. If he had just said, I pray that your faith fail not. You know, after uh, the cock crowed, right? And Brother, brother um, Jordan preached, a, uh, taught a good thing on don't kill the rooster, right? He, uh, after the cock crowed, if he had left it at that, Peter could have just given up. 
But then he remembered the rest of what Jesus said. When thou art converted, when you have come to your senses, when you have repented, I still love you because I want you to then go and strengthen the brethren. It was that part. It's what he heard Jesus say. Ministered to him even after he had sinned. Even after he had cursed out Jesus. Think about that. Think about what Peter did. But still, the voice that spoke to him. The words that said, and when thou art converted. When you have repented. When you have changed. Come back. I still love you. In this case, in 2 Corinthians, Paul was going through this stuff and he said, and he, he was praying three times and nothing was happening. And it was until that he heard the voice. 2 Corinthians 12, and he said unto me, means he heard a voice. My grace, my unmerited favor, my, just knowing, this is what I want you to know, Paul. My love for you has not changed. Understand that no matter what you're going through, uh, my unmerited favor for you has not changed. Therefore, that is going to be sufficient for you. Anytime you're down, think about the fact God still loves me. God still loves me. He chose me. David took 17 years before he became king. I mean, and all those 17 years, he was being pursued. He was hiding. He was living in caves. He must have said to himself at some point, what was this? I was anointed king. Is this what I signed up for? I mean, come on now, Samuel. What, when is this supposed to happen? When is the good stuff supposed to start? But he remembered the voice that Samuel said, listen, God has chosen you. God has chosen you. He was the one that penned the psalm. Thy words have I hid in my heart. That I should what not? sin against you. You've got to hide those words of comfort, those words of faith deep down because you're going to need it. You are going to absolutely need it. And so it was the the hearing of God saying to him, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. Once he understood that, he was able to have joy even in his suffering. He says, most gladly therefore will I rather glory In my infirmities, he didn't even name them so it could apply to all of the things. Infirmities can be weakness, sickness, all kinds of things. That the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, once he got got the principle that the word told him, I take pleasure. Now that's really going, going another step further. I take pleasure in weaknesses, in reproaches. Are you listening to what he's saying? And when people speak against me, when they say, you, you, you're not worthy to be an apostle, you're the, you, you were killing Christians. He says, I take pleasure in reproaches. In necessity. That means when I can't pay the bill, when my coat is looks worn out, when it's got, I take pleasure in necessities, in persecutions. If you can get this, if you can get the words in you and your faith remains strong, then you can get through these things in persecutions, in distress. Why? For Christ's sake, because he loves me. For when I am weak, then am I strong. First we have to hear, he heard, and he said unto me. Then he believed, and then he trusted. That's the sequence. You have to hear, you have to believe, and then you have to trust. Even when you can't, trust means you can't see it. Because if you can see, you don't have to trust. You can, you can see it with your five senses. But you have to see it now by faith. 
You got to see your deliverance by faith. And the only way you're going to do that is that faith comes by and hearing by. Okay. That's why we're talking about this month, hearing the voice of God. In your situation, you've got to hear that word that the preacher said two years ago, come back to you, right? You've got to hear it come back and say, I can do this through Christ who strengtheneth me, right? You've got to hear Romans eight twenty eight, right? We always like to quote that one. And we know that all things, ooh, that's so tough. So when I am weak, then I am strong. See, God, God is going to allow Satan to come and question, as I've said, your sonship. He's always going to do it. If you're a son of God, let's see what you do when this guy cuts you off in traffic. <laughs> you're going to smile sweetly and wave a hand? Wave all the fingers, not one? <laughs> oh, boy. If thou be a son of God, he's going to be coming with another question. Questions are there to engender doubt if you don't have an answer, right? And the devil said unto him, if thou be the son of God, command. Now, I've highlighted a few words and I wonder if you can guess what I'm hinting at and by the picture what I'm hinting at. The devil said unto him, if thou be the son of God, command this stone. This stone. Do you notice it was a particular stone? It was a singular stone that it be made bread. I'll, I'll, I'll flush that out later, but I just wanted to point that out. It wasn't stones. It wasn't any old stone. He said, this stone. Now, he was in the wilderness, and presumably there were other stones around. But you, you know what Paul said, that the rock that followed them was Christ. Deuteronomy 8.3, and of course, Jesus had a word for that. He said, it is written. Well, where is it written? It's written in Deuteronomy 8.3. And even in the example in the Old Testament, the way that God led them was not the easiest way. It's probably the hardest way to get from Egypt to Israel. He did it so that they would have to depend upon him. God is leading you through some places so that you have no choice. You're either going to fail or you're going to trust him. That's been my life. He will not let me get to the place where I can just sit back and say, oh, look at that I got in the bank. Everything's nice and it's, it's just wonderful. Because I might be tempted to stop depending on him. Or I might be tempted to start listening to my own voice. Isn't that what the rich man did? He, he looked and he said, look at all the, the wealth I have. I'm going to build some bigger barns. I don't have enough banks to put my money in. And he didn't know that that was the night where his soul was going to be required of him. You see, the point of the wilderness journey was to make them humble. They could have got all really stuck up on, we're the chosen generation. We're a royal priesthood. Look, look what he did to Pharaoh. All right, we can just waltz into the, to the land. We don't, we don't really need any more, God. We, you gave us our start. Thank you. We're we good now. He said, and he humbled thee. God wants us to keep us humble. 
and suffered thee to hunger. He allowed them to have want and fed thee with manna so that everything that was coming to them was supernatural. They had to be fed supernaturally. There was no place to plant. There was no grass for their flocks. God wants to feed us supernaturally the bread, and he is that bread. Which thou knewest not, neither did thy fathers know, that, that they, he would make thee to know. In other words, to make us understand that we don't live by the physical, not, not in eternal life, but by every word. That's why it's so important to be hearing God's word. You're going to need so much word. And yet the Bible says that in the last days there's going to be what? A famine. Not a famine for words, but a famine for the word of God. But by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of the Lord doth man live. This is going to get so important in the end time here is what I'm trying to tell you. You're going to need to hear that word. You're going to have to pray some more. You're going to have to get as much word in you as possible. That's what I'm saying. Because the Satan is coming to steal. In the parable, in Luke... He talks about the sower that sowed the seed, right? And only of the four examples, only one of them brought forth fruit. The reason was birds came, things came and choked them. And then it tells us what the seed is. In Luke 8, I think it says, and the seed is the word. Isn't that something? We are going to have to make sure that we take the word and plant it. That when we leave here today, we don't... Forget the message. That we remember the message. Don't hands up, but does anyone remember last week's message? All right. That's right. That's right. Very good. We need to meditate upon the message. If you don't, the work, the trials, as soon as you leave here, someone's going to call you, cares of life, getting ready for work, is going to steal that word. And it doesn't get planted. Therefore, it doesn't really feed you. So we have to be sure we're listening to the right voice. Again, I ask the question, whose voice are you listening? Are you listening to the voice of your circumstances? The voice of your circumstances will say, well, boy, you're old. (laughs) I'm talking about me now, not you. (laughs) You're old and you still don't have... uh, you know, enough to retire or something. You know, the devil will make you look at what you can do and your resources. I have to now say, listen, he shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. That's the word I have to focus on, right? So Satan will lie to you and tell you to give up. He wants to destroy your faith. He wants to blow you away if you will listen to him. Job 2.9, here's an example. You know Job's story. Everything bad that happened to him, he he lost his children, lost his wealth, and then lost his health. Then comes the wrong word, his wife. Of all people, of all people, then said his wife unto him, Dost thou still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. Give up. You might as well jump off a bridge, Job. Look at how bad this is. It's not going to get better. You're hopeless. You're hopeless. Let me put it. In, in a modern term, that's what she was saying. You're hopeless. John eight forty three says, Why do we not understand my speech? Even because he cannot hear my word. 
You have your father the devil, and the lusts of your father he will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not, could not stay in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. You've got to tell your circumstances, you're a liar. You're a liar because this is not the whole truth. You know, when you go into court, they make you put your hand on the Bible and they say, you swear to tell the truth. And the whole truth. Satan only tells part of the truth. He won't, he won't do the rest. Because the whole truth would open your eyes like the servant of Elijah, right? He's, the prophet prayed, open his eyes. He says, we're surrounded. Look at all this army come. He says, Lord, open his eyes. When he opened his eyes, then he saw the whole truth. Then he saw that around them, the whole hillside was covered with the host of angels. You understand that what our senses tell, our circumstance will lie to us. And Satan will set it up to lie to us. Jesus said, the reason why you can't understand, you cannot hear my words is because you're listening to Satan. And he's telling you lies. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Again, we have to be so careful that we're listening to the voice of God. Now, where will you find the voice of God? In the Bible. That should be our principal source. Not YouTube. (laughs) Not YouTube because even if it's someone on YouTube saying a good thing, it's second hand. Always go check it yourself. Always go check it yourself. Because so many times people misquote. Right? I mean, just by moving a comma. Right? I would not have you ignorant brethren. (laughs) I don't want you ignorant brethren. I want some other brethren. (laughs) Now, I said the words, but I said it in a different way, given a completely different meaning. It does say I don't, I I would not have you ignorant brethren, but it doesn't, that's not how it means. You have to put it into context. So our absolute rock for God's word is the Bible. We should always reference anything anyone says. Paul says, in Hebrews 17, that the Bereans were more noble than some of the other people because they went and checked everything. Yeah, we love you, Paul, (laughs) but we're going to check it out. Where was that? (laughs) Where was that? Where did you find that? Where did you find that word? Let me check. Let me see. Read it for yourself. Read it for your... That is where the word of God stands. If, If Paul says, if I... Or an angel from heaven, come and now preach any other gospel than that which was first delivered to you. Let him be anathema. Let him be a curse. And he says, I'm going to say it again because I want to make sure you got this. If I or an angel from heaven, he, he, he made it as one, preach any other gospel than that which was delivered to you on the, at the first, let him be accursed. See, we're in the age of deception. Sometimes, and this is really interesting when you read the full context of the story. um, God will even use people who are good people. I mean, not God. Satan will use good people to give you a bad direction. You've got to get this for yourself. This is a personal salvation. Let me give you an example. Mark 8.31 
And he began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. And he spake the saying openly. And Peter took him and began to rebuke him. (laughs) Peter started to rebuke Jesus. No, you don't go there. You don't have to go there. But when he had turned about and looked on his disciples, he rebuked Peter saying, what did he call him? Get thee behind me, Satan. <laughs> For thou savorest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. Sometimes we've got to put out that hand and give him the hand. Nope. I don't know what they used to give him the fingers or the, I don't know what they, what they used to do. Speak to the hand. The, that's it. That's you got it. Speak to the hand. I can't do that. <laughs> neck thing either (laughs) that's it that's it speak to the hand that's what Jesus did to Peter now here's the amazing thing just the verse before just the verse before Jesus asked Peter a question who do men say that I am and Peter told him thou art the Christ the son of the living God what did Jesus say about Peter Flesh and blood hath not, it's the Holy Spirit. And yet, two seconds later, he called him Satan. <laughs> so that's why you have to be careful, right? Even, even we who are inadvertently, we can, we can sometimes say something that is not of God. That's why even you got to really check what is being said against what the Holy Spirit is telling you. See, this voice wanted Jesus to not go to Jerusalem, to change the record. There may come a voice that is telling you to do something that is not what God wants you to do. To, you know, depress you from doing the work of God. To take you out of the direction God wants you to go. And that's when you've got to give him the hand. I like that picture because that's what Jesus is doing. <laughs> now, let me tell you this. There must be a principle in this because this is not the only place where it says, get thee behind me, Satan. When Jesus was being tempted, he said the same thing. That's the whole message right there. Get thee behind me, Satan. He's got to be behind you so that you can go forward. If he's in front of you, he's blocking your path. So you got to just go around him and say, "Get the, be in my rear view mirror. I'm not listening to what you're saying because you're diverting me and trying to block where I'm trying to go. So there must be a principle in telling Satan, get thee behind me because I'm going this way. I'm not going your way. See, sometimes even the best of us can, can judge things in a fleshly manner. And that's what Peter did. He says, well, look, this makes sense, so much sense. You know what they're going to do to you. Don't go to Jerusalem. The same thing happened with Paul. The prophet told you what's going to do there. See, he came and bound you, and yet it was still the will of God. Because when he was in prison, the Lord appeared to him and said, Paul, I'm with you. This is still my will. I was just warning you so you were prepared to face what was coming. Sometimes God will warn us, not because he wants us to change direction, so but that we are prepared, that we're prayed up, that we have the faith to know this is where I'm supposed to go. 
Thou savorest not the things that be of God, but things that be of men. See, he was looking at it in the natural, and sometimes the natural will fool us. If we look at the natural, we won't do it. We won't even try, because it looks so impossible. As I put here, it's when it seems too good to be true. <laughs> Here's what Colossians, Paul says, And this I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. It sounds so good. I want to say, I'm, I'm trying, to, trying to find a way to say it without giving away any, but so, you know, it's like when you go buy a car, they make it so good. <laughs> and it's only after you've driven it a while, then you find out, oh, the brakes need this, that is falling apart. It won't pass the emissions. <laughs> it stares to the left. Ball joint starts to rattle. It's got a leak in the brake hose. <laughs> and this, I say, lest any man should beguile you with enticing words. Ephesians 4.14 says that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to do what? That's why no matter who's preaching, me included, you got you to check it for yourself. That's why when I teach, I put so many scriptures so that you can look at what I'm saying and judge if what I'm saying is accurate. Paul here is saying to the, to the church, don't let you be deceived because there's people going to come in and tell you all kinds of stuff. All, we are in the age of lies. The Bible tells us that, that if it were possible, even the very elect deceive. Now, how is that going to be? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'll be teaching on this coming up. There's going to be some things that you just won't even believe. 2 Thessalonians 2.10 says this, and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not a love of the truth that they might be saved. People, some people don't want the truth because they'll have to change. They don't want the truth, and they don't want to face the truth because it means they'll have to change their lifestyle, change the way they live, start listening to a different stuff, and they don't want it. And so they're going to perish. Because they love not the truth. And what's going to happen if you don't love the truth? God is going to say, okay, fine. You, if that's what you want, I'm going to send you more of it. If you want to be deceived, the worst deception is self-deception. <laughs> um, you've probably heard in the news a lot about that app TikTok, right? Well, TikTok, I've, I've come to find out. It's got these things, why why a lot of young women like it, it's got these beauty filters. (laughs) And they're on by default. So when you you take a picture of yourself, (laughs) it's not really you. (laughs) It beautifies you. It it smooths out all the lines and it, 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 it makes you look so good. That's why I've heard lots of young women like it because... It's giving a deception when they, when they look at it, you know, mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the f- it's telling them what they want to hear, but not what they really look like. Now, other apps do that too. They got beauty filters, right? Now, nearly all of them have got it. We're in the age of deception. So there's coming a time where nothing you see or hear from this world you can necessarily believe to be true. We're in the age of lies. Verse 11, and for this cause, because people don't want the truth, 
God shall send them a strong delusion that they should believe a lie. That they all might be damned who believed not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. It was so easy to be saved on the night of the Passover. It was very simple. What did you have to do? Just go in the house with the blood on it. That's all you had to do. And in fact, it's quite clear that many, many Egyptians knew that too. And many, many Egyptians were saved. We know a lot of Egyptians came out of Egypt with the Israelites because in Numbers it speaks about an Egyptian that was living with them. Many Egyptians, it wasn't a secret. It wasn't like it was hidden that only the Jews knew about the blood on the house. It was not a secret. That's all you had to do the night of the Passover. Was to get into the house. But some people, even though they had seen nine other miracles, they had seen the Nile River turn to blood, They'd seen frogs come out. They'd seen it be dark over Egypt and light over Goshen. So they absolutely knew. They absolutely knew that if Moses said something was going to happen, it was going to, how many times do you have to see something happen before you believe the person who's telling you? Nine times before he had said something was going to happen and it happened. All they had to do was believe what they heard. You go in the house with the blood on it. And yet, most of them did not. There was no prohibition saying only Jews could go in the house because, as I said, it wasn't only Jews. If you read the New Testament, the Old Testament that left Egypt, there was quite a few Egyptians that were saved. But because they will not believe the truth, they're going to be sent a strong delusion. It's going to be sad. For this God cause God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie that they all might be damned who believe not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness so okay hearing is good you've heard the word but what is better than just hearing doing doing when hearing becomes doing that's when it becomes effective Hebrews 3 7 wherefore as the Holy Ghost say today If he will hear his voice, then we are to do what? We're not to harden our hearts. Again, in Hebrews, while it is said today, not Monday, not Wednesday, not next week, today, today when you hear his voice, harden not your heart. That's what happened to Pharaoh. He kept kept on thinking, my gods are going to get me out of this. I'm going to get out of this. Harden not your hearts as in the provocation. And what it's talking about there is Israel in the desert. No matter what God did, they kept on doubting his word. They provoked him. In fact, it wasn't so much a test for Israel, but it was a test of God. They tested his patience. Hebrews 4, 7. Again, he limiteth, limiteth a certain day, saying to David, Today, after so long a time as it is said, Today, if he will hear his voice. John 5.25. Jesus said this, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, I said the hour is coming, and now is, when the dead, the dead, shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. Isn't that something? 
The hour is coming and now is when the dead even shall hear the voice of the Son of God and those that hear shall live. See, when we turn hearing to doing is when we're really being effective, right? Many are called, but few are chosen. Many people heard his sermons. Many people even had miracles. Many people were fed with the five loaves and two fishes. But how many of those people ended up being followers and disciples? They followed him just for the food, the free food. You just put free out there, you get a big crowd. All we have to do is put free, giveaway, money, clothes. Place will be packed. (laughs) I remember the year we had given away the free clothes. It was all gone in about an hour, right? (laughs) We had probably two or three hundred people come and just whoosh. Grabbed up everything and was gone. We gave away <laughs> bicycles. We gave jeans, shoes, free. But they did not stay to follow. Verily, verily, I say unto you, truly, truly, it's, it's now is that the dead are going to hear the voice of the Son of God. And they that hear shall live. I'm, all, I'm, I'm wrapping this up. This whole month we've been talking about hearing God's voice. And we need to, I know we said we spent the month of January in consecration. But we actually should have spent the whole year. Because we are coming up to some things that we need to be close to God. We need to draw as close as we can to him. We really do. Because this world is spinning up to a point where the prophecy that Jesus said, except he shortened the days, there would be no flesh left alive. Right now, it's like all of these professors and, and, and PhDs, and they can all see what's about to happen, but none of them can stop it. Because uh, greed and, and, and man's um, uh, just selfishness is, is, is just racing. I, I was listening to, I've been studying really a lot this week, and I was listening to lots of things, and several different ones said, is there anything that can be done? And they said, no. The genie is out of the box. They can't put it back. We are coming up to the place where finally man is going to force God's hand. He says, except those days be shortened, there'd be no flesh left. That's my, that's my thing. Even so, Come quickly, Lord. Matthew seven twenty one. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth. When we hear, then we believe, and then we trust, and then we do. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And I will profess to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. And the reason is verse 24. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine, right? And then doeth them. I will liken him unto a wise man that which buildeth his house upon a rock. That's where your house is going to have to be built in the next two or three years, I guess. That's where your house is going to have to be built because there's some storms coming. Last night, they said over 20-something people in Mississippi were killed. 
by some freak storms. That's a lot at this time of the year. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon the house and it fell not. Why? For it was founded upon the rock. It's not that you're not going to have the storms. It's not that you're not going to have the wind and the rain. But where is your house built? Where is your house built? That's right. And that rock is Jesus. Upon this rock will I build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. That's why we got to translate hearing to doing. Every verse, look at how many times he, he says this. Verse 24, verse 26. And everyone again, he said that heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them shall, shall, and doeth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man that buildeth his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. We got to start making sure that we're on the rock. And that rock is Christ. Amen. That rock is Christ. So, are you listening? Are you listening? We've got to be listening. The last messages to the churches all end in the same way. In the book of Revelation, starting in chapter 2 and 3, they all end to the seven churches in the same way. He that hath an ear... Let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. That should tell us something. That should tell us something. Because remember now, faith comes by and hearing by the word of God. And how shall they hear? Unless there's a preacher. And how shall he preach? Unless he's been sent. There's going to be lots of preachers. (laughs) Lots of proclaimers. Lots of noise. But unless he is sent, that's all it will be. Noise. Noise. Amen. So are you listening? He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment. And I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. But I will confess his name before my father. In other words, your name will be called. Your name is going to be shouted. Not in Buckingham Palace. Not in the White House. Not in the halls of the Senate. But in heaven itself. He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life, but I will confess his name. Jesus is going to speak your name. He's going to call your name before my Father and before his angels. Every angel is going to know your name. Revelation 3.12 I only put two of the examples because it says it to almost every church. He, to him that overcometh, it always ends this way, will I make a pillar in the temple of my God and he shall go no more out and I will write upon him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God which is New Jerusalem which cometh down out of heaven from my God and I will write upon him my new name. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Now, the most important thing about hearing is what I read before, at least for us right now, because the Bible says the dead are going to hear. And they that hear, what's going to happen? They shall be made alive. 
See, when hearing becomes resurrection, you better hear. You don't want no hearing trouble. <laughs> you don't want no blockage. Make sure that you got all of the stuff that's blocking your hearing, this hearing, out of the, out of the way. And it came to pass in Luke seven eleven that he went into a city called Nain. If you could stand with me. And many of his disciples went with him and much people. Now when he came nigh to the gate of the city, behold, there was a dead man carried out. And the only son of his mother, and she was a widow, and much people of the city was with her. And when the Lord Lord saw her, he had compassion. And he said unto her, weep not. The word today is weep not. And he came and touched the buyer. And they that bear him stood still. And then guess what? He spoke. He spoke to the dead. He said, young man, I say unto thee, arise. And he that was dead sat up and began to speak. And he delivered him to his mother. See, there's coming a day when he won't just say young man, but he will call the dead, whoever has passed, name. And they will arise. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall arise first. And we that are alive and remain, that's very important, remain, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Comfort, it says, comfort ye one another with these words. With these words. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. We're going to close this Sunday school and this topic, but I will be teaching a lot more on the voice and the words of God because it's going to be so... That is supposed to be our food. Do you understand that? That's our food. That's something that that chat GPT can't make any menu of (laughs) because it's like the wind. It blows where it listeth. It can't even see it. But so it is that with everyone, amen, that is born of the Spirit. Hallelujah. If you could bow your hearts with me. Father, we thank you this morning for your word, Lord God, that we want to hear. Lord, continue to speak to us today. Lord, in our second service, let your word go forth. Let it find good soil. Let it bring forth fruit. Lord, help us, Lord, to not listen to the voices of discouragement, the voices of depression, the voices of negativity, Lord, but let us put our trust and our hope in you, oh God, because you are our Savior. You are our Lord. Hallelujah. You are the word made flesh. You are the one that speaks life into us. Lord, we thank you right now, Lord God, for your very words are life, Lord God. We eat every one of them. We thank you today for your goodness and your grace. Lord, we ask for your blessing on our second service. Lord, that your Holy Spirit have liberty to touch, to move, hallelujah, to deliver. Oh God, we praise your name for you are worthy, hallelujah. And we thank you today in Jesus' name, hallelujah, hallelujah.